We are a group of friends bound by our appreciation for liberty and good podcasting. Free-minded thinkers from all walks of life, our values come together with one accord to discuss the common culture and news of the day, along with whatever random crap is going on in our lives. Welcome to the Union of the Unknowns. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the program. I'm your host, Keel Thor. With me today are the unknowns. She's a true Sheila from the land down under, Stella Q. She is the Atlanta connector, Jackie. Good day. She's a woman of sophisticated <laughs> taste, Ashley Think Change Repeat. Hello. And last but not least, a man who wrestles volcanoes in his spare time. <laughs> Terry from Canary. Welcome, everybody. And who are you? I'm Keelthor. The oh, host. Okay. I think he did that, man. <laughs> so today we're talking about Scientology, mm-hmm. which if if you've been living under a rock for the past, I don't know, 60 years or something, Scientology is a modern religion, uh, worldwide spread, and... Uh, it's covered in quite a bit of controversy these days. Um, I'm not a I'm not an expert on it, but I've seen my share of documentaries and uh, TV series about it, and the kind of weird stuff that may not be weird to them, but is certainly weird to us. And uh, well, we're going to talk about all that today. So, who would like to kick us off with some interesting, maybe a backstory? If, I can. If you guys have uh, done your research. All right, Jackie, take it away. Yeah. So why don't we just start with the fact of the Scientology is a cult. Let's start with that. If anyone's ever seen the A&E version with the one lady that was part of the Church of Scientology for a while. And also Leah, there's been movies. Leah Remini. Is that right? Leah Remini. Yeah. And then there's also been um, Going Clear and a few other documentaries where you'll see that they have um, totally stalked and harassed people uh, that were trying to uh, expose them. But basically, according to Wikipedia, the Church of Scientology maintains a wide variety of beliefs and practices. The core belief holds that a human is an immortal spiritual being, a theotim, that is a resident in a physical body. The theotim has had innumerable past lives, some of which preceding the theotim's arrival on Earth, were lived uh, in extraterrestrial cultures. Based on case studies at advanced levels, it is predicted that any Scientologist undergoing auditing will eventually come across and recount a common series of events. That's sent to me when they talk about this auditing thing, when you've heard other people going through it, they basically means that they're gathering information and evidence on you, kind of like what Jeffrey Epstein did. So that way they can utilize this against you later. So, yeah. yeah. So um, when you say the, if you go through auditing, that you should eventually recall a, the same set of events. Is that what you're saying? So there's yeah, a, that you may have allegedly went through in a time where it was in another life that you don't even know of. So the ever same existed. same set of events as what? As somebody else? That no, it's like your previous life, apparently. 
like a common a common history. I did want to chime in that it was founded by L. Ron Hubbard, who was a prolific science fiction writer um, at the time, and the year of the founding was 1953. So it is in in regards to religions it's new you know sort of in the new age realm of things and then there was some occult background with l ron hubbard and his associations with alistair crowley also sort of creating this in hollywood and there's also the quote of l ron hubbard saying you know if you really want to make money then what you need to do is start a religion so that's the foundation stella uh, yeah, no, you just said exactly what I was just about to say. I was just going to wanted to premise the quote, um, exactly that. Yeah. You don't get rich writing science fiction. If you want to get rich, you start a religion. He's famously quoted <laughs> saying that. So, uh, that's yeah. the basis of the foundation of Scientology and it still sucks people in. Yes. And the other thing that I wanted to add on to what Jackie was saying when she was speaking in regards to Leah Remini, basically they have a an ingenious program where you bring people in under the guise, or at least my understanding is that you bring people in under the guise of self-help. So we're going to help you, you know, basically process your trauma, get rid of these roadblocks that you may be having in your life that are preventing you from really and truly feeling happy. So that's a lot of times how they get people in. And then they'll offer, you know, free books and free courses and things like that. And my understanding is that at the beginning, it actually does seem like good information that people get and that they kind of feel a difference and they start feeling like part of a community. And at that point is really the reeling in. And that's when they're asking you to spend some money for this and spend some money for that. And you need to buy this set of books and that set of books. So it's a very gradual kind of pulling of people in to the programs. And then Once you're really in, that's when you start investing large sums of money to take these courses and to move up these levels in order to go clear and become, you know, higher up and have true understanding in Scientology. But what really is happening is a lot of times people are being preyed on and Scientology is a massive, massive, massive money, money machine. They have a ton of real estate property all over the world. They actually have tax exemption status that was granted to them by the IRS and they they fought for because the IRS had actually denounced them as a church. And then they went through and did all their same private investigative private investigative tactics against the head of the IRS and totally harass the IRS for years in order to be able to get back their nonprofit status right. for them to say the third church. And he, they just exhausted the IRS out, which is like crazy. Like I have to give them props for that because most of us would love to be able to like be like F off IRS. Uh, but we don't, and we can't <laughs> because we don't have the team that they have, but, um, I'm like, let me be a nonprofit. I am an individual identity. I'm a nonprofit. <laughs> yeah. And, and so Church of the union of the unknowns. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing that I just wanted to say was that what you have when you get these people in and they bring their children in and there's, um, it's actually really similar to what happens whenever you have an authoritarian government, whether it's communism, socialism, fascism, whatever, they begin separating the family unit. So they start to get your children away from you. And then they have an entire 
generation that they are able to brainwash from there on out because Mm -hmm. they're separating them. And they're using these people as slave labor in the Sea Org, in, you know, cleaning these buildings and just doing all of this labor. They get paid almost nothing. And so if they wanted to, even if they wanted to leave, they do not have the financial resources to do so. Go go back to the, the Sea Org. Explain what that is. Does anybody want to chime in on that? Well, as I understand it, it was that was kind of the original uh, the original organization was the Sea Org, right? And then so, and they he you know Hubbard kind of kept building on his original idea and then formulated the kind of Scientology Church proper, but the Sea Org is still like a core or something or another. Yes, and the Sea Org is where a lot of ki- the kids go, and the people that join the Sea Org sign i believe it's a millionaire or a billionaire contract or it's a billion okay billion thank you stella contract that they are agreeing to be in the sea org forever and ever so it's (laughs) not a contract even after they die (laughs) yeah it's a it um it's a fraternal religious order comprising the religion's most dedicated members all scientology management organizations are controlled exclusively by members of the sea org David Miscavige, the de facto leader of Scientology, is the highest ranking Sea Org officer holding the rank of captain. And Scientology was created in 1954. Three or four. We said three earlier. It says in this article 1954, but who knows? It could be maybe Wikipedia is correct and this article is wrong. But um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh Anyhow, I wanted to add on that really quick that the founding of the Sea Org, I believe L. Ron Hubbard was in the Navy, or at least he said he was in the Navy. And so he fancied himself this captain. So that's kind of how it got started. And I think he did spend a lot of his career on, you know, on a boat, like once the church was well established. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't yeah, say it, that. Oh, I'm sorry. I, when I was reading off Wikipedia, it didn't say the year. So I don't know who said 1953. But anyways, okay, go ahead. Sorry, yeah, Stella. I believe that um, he was when he was young. His father was promoted to. Um, he ended up on a on a ship as a young lad, and somewhere on that ship, he met up with a dude who'd just come from Venice, and he'd been studying uh, psychoanalysis with under Sigmund Freud, and. Uh, so he, they spend a, the next few months together talking about you know, the mind and all that sort of thing. And uh, Hubbard was very um, inspired by that meeting, even though he didn't really sort of take with the full-on psychoanalysis sort of thing. But it, it very much inspired him as to how the mind could be manipulated. Um, so that was a fairly foundational. Yeah, whatever he picked up, he, his young life. he picked it up really well. And he's, I mean... He's an evil mastermind, but uh, I kind of admire his ability to do what he did because he just poof created this giant religion from nothing and just absorbed thousands of followers and billions of dollars. Who who knows how much money he saw before he passed away, Mm. whenever that was, but, and then it's still going and it's even bigger. And And they have tax-free labor. They have free employees. They are able, they're tax free. Yeah, mm-hmm. they definitely have that. 
So, um, so an interesting fact about Hubbard is that he is the um, oh shoot he ha- he holds the uh, Guinness World Record for the most published works by one author. Really, the found yeah the foundational text of Scientology and the Church's creation story involve aliens, although they deny they believe in aliens. But yeah, we already know. He um one of the things in a minute. I'm sorry, you finish your thought. Um, just one last thing, which kind of piggybacks uh the Church of Scientology, where they said that he was an extremely controversial figure exhibiting paranoid, which Miscavige does too, and abusive tendency tendencies, which the church seems to have adopted as well. He kidnapped his sec his sec when his second wife threatened to leave him, he kidnapped their daughter. And called his wife and claimed he butchered the girl, but later called back and admitted she was still alive. But the fact is, is that they have the paranoid abusive tendencies, which the church seems to have adopted as well. Sorry, go ahead, Terrence. Yeah, well, uh, um, I want to say a few things about Hubbard in a minute. Uh, it, it, I know more about him than I do about Scientology, actually, as a science fiction fan. I've actually read his science, some of his science fiction, and he was a terrible science fiction writer. <laughs> uh, interestingly, he seemed to have incorporated a lot of that into uh, into his Scientology, which was originally called Dianetics. Um, and it's a kind of got, it's kind of like a religion with a sort of scientific sort of sheen, um, because it, it kind of borrows a lot from psychoanalysis. Uh, um, and the interesting thing that you probably possibly don't know is that I had some direct experience because I don't know if scientists do this in American cities, but they used to hang about in busy parts of London when I was young. Um, so, uh, and when I, I'd go shopping in the West End of London, which is like the big shopping area of London, and they would be hanging about and sort of, you know, young men in, or, or young women in smart suits and things. And they would... Uh, it's like Ash was saying, they'd call you in and say, oh, you know, would you mind answering? They, they ask you a few questions on the street, I think. It was a long time ago, I can't remember. And then they say, oh, that's very interesting. Would you like to come and, uh, you know... And I was a young teenager. I didn't have anything better to do with my time. So I went with them. And they asked you all these questions. And then, as Ash was saying, they try and sell you stuff. So it was, it was pretty obvious <laughs> fairly soon that yeah. it was a scam. And they try to get you to, you know, the high pressure stuff, try and get you to sign up for all these things you've got to pay for. So, but at the time it was, because it was, you know, uh, when would this be? 70s. I didn't know anything mm-hmm. about it. You know, I would sort of vaguely heard of it, but it wasn't as known as it is now. Um, yeah. The way they uh, hook people in is by uh, bringing them into a place um, and uh, sitting them down in front of a thing called an e-meter. Mm-hmm. Which is basically a that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's you, you a gizmo that is... you hold these rods in your hand and they ask you questions and they're sort of they look they're behind their their sort of desk with fiddling with dials and they go, oh, that's very interesting, yeah. And I, I don't really think this thing does anything really. All it does is measure it's just a continuity, really. It just measures the electronic resistance it's in the skin. Like, um, they call it the galvanic skin response. Yeah, it's kind of like a and, very uh, primitive lie detector test, but doesn't really work as well as a proper lie detector test because, you know, right. it's the connections aren't as good. So um, so I think it's very open to interpretation. Yeah, it's likened to a polygraph. It's a bunch of shit. But um, basically, um, people, the Scientologists who are coming up through the ranks and are getting 
trained and what have you, have you they are trained. These are the auditors. Um, and when they reach the Mark Super 7 quantum, uh, sorry, when they reach a certain, a certain stage of Scientology, they, they can buy this thing called the Mark Super 7 quantum machine, whatever, e-meter, um, which they have to pay four and a half grand for. <laughs> just this fancy um, continuity meter. And uh, they just basically, they say that it, it reacts when people have a thought and, and they're bringing up these, what, what are called false memories uh, from past lives. And uh, so they, they're looking at this meter and depending on what the VU meter is doing will lead them into whichever um, section of what they're talking to the person about. So if it's sort of like a negative kind of reading, um, they'll have to write a report on that and then they'll, they'll ask a certain amount of questions about that. And I mean, my, my ex actually got taken in. He's, he's an electronic engineer <laughs> and they, they took him in uh, to do this. And he, he played along for a little while and, and then, yeah, he just exposed it after a few questions. He got a bit bored and just exposed him. He said, look, I know exactly how this is working, whatever. And he got uh, ushered out the back door with his mate. Mm -hmm. Um, very it's, quiet, it's remarkable very how it's so popular, how it really caught on as a cult. Um, can I, I just wanted to yeah, finish my thought about Hubbard. Mm -hmm. um, I advise everyone to read his Wikipedia page because you can't read it and not think what a weird bloke this is. He's, he's, he's a, such a weird guy. And he, he's, he's obviously a scam artist because he's tried all these different things with varying levels of success. He... He's a bigamist. He married his second wife. Well, he was still married to his first wife. And then the weirdest thing is he had this relationship with Jack Parsons, mm. who was like a rocket yeah. engineer, who was a big follower of Alistair Crowley. He was like one of his, you know, sort of first lieutenants. And they did this strange uh, kind of, what would you call it, ritual in the desert where they were trying to conjure up um, some being related to the Thelema belief. Uh, and if you know anything about Alistair Crowley, you will know that you know anything involved with that guy is is very dodgy indeed. So uh, I advise everyone to read the sort of things this guy was up. He, he was such a scam artist. He, he when he was serving on the submarine, he he seemed to sort of make up this the fact that he detected this enemy ship and he got the submarine involved in all these yeah. all these operations when there was nothing really there. So. Um, yeah, he he uh, didn't he get court martialed? He got kicked out of the navy for uh, by that. Yeah. He upset the Mexican <laughs> government. Wait, was was he present at the Gulf of Tonkin? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He was born in 1911. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, because you know that's what happened yeah. at the Gulf of Tonkin. But... He sounded like he yeah. was a, a toddler at the at the controls of you know. Took a submarine and just played. Jim, Mor Jim Morrison's dad was the main person at yeah. the golf tournament. Mm. Amazingly enough. Yeah. Yeah. Fishy CIA uh, connections to the doors yeah. in Laurel Canyon and that whole yeah. movement as well. Yeah. So that's very interesting. But um, the other crazy thing to me about Scientology is not only how many people they've been able to get in and go along with it but how difficult they make it to get out. Yeah. Um, and then the, the good thing is, is that there's a ton of content out there now of people who are trying to expose what is happening, but they, they, it's so interesting for so many reasons because it's difficult to get out. They have specific procedures that they will follow. And I know we can get into that. And then the other thing 
that I think is really interesting is the, the fact that they will go after you with a vengeance. Like they will spare no cost. They, they do all sorts of things to dissuade people. And, um, as Jackie was saying, I believe that with the, the e-readers and the audits, that what they are really doing is getting blackmail material. So if you become a high level, like some of these celebrities, they have so much on you that it would potentially ruin your life if they expose what they know about you. So um, I don't know if y'all want to discuss some of the high level people, the information that have uh, tried to come out. The other thing to transition that, that I wanted to say is that the church has had two main leaders, which was L. Ron Hubbard. And then it was uh, transferred to David Miscavige. But the way that that happened was actually quite fishy. And it seems like it may even be a little bit iffy if that was the intent of L. Ron Hubbard, because he had this group of people that was surrounding him that were considered his, his top tier people. But actually towards the end, it was really David Miscavige that was the go-between. And he was like a 21-year-old kid at this time between him and his other high-level people. And all of them ended up getting um, basically or, uh, accused of being an SP, which is a suppressive persons. And we're all someone- suppressives. That should be the name yes. of the podcast. Yes. The suppressive, the suppressives of Scientology. And once someone, once someone is labeled as a suppressive person, then as a Scientology member, you are not allowed to speak with them. Stella. Yeah. Uh, Again, you'd probably have to be living under a rock to uh, not have heard about the fact that uh, David Miscavige's wife, Shelley, went missing in, uh, I believe it was 2008, um, which was basically brought to light by Leah Remini at uh, the attendance of Tom Cruise and Holmes. What's her name? Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes's wedding which uh, I can't remember. That was at Italy. I think it was taking place somewhere like that. Yep, it was Italy. Italy, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, Lee Remini just was, because uh, Shelley was just always with David Miscavige, um, right-hand woman, always around, but never usually in the spotlight, always in the background. And uh, Leah and her were, you know, acquaintances, I would say friends, um, and, you know, to the point they used to chat to each other and give each other gifts and things. And, and uh, at this wedding, she, Leah couldn't see Shelley anywhere, and, and there was a bunch of people standing around. She said, oh, where's Shelley? And all of a sudden, everyone just went really quiet and just sort of backed away, and it was like she'd just committed some kind of blasphemy. And uh, she got pulled aside and absolutely grilled and told that she didn't have the rank to ask that question, and it was all kind of weird. And Shelley was not seen again since that point. It was actually actually Leah Remini that um, took out the uh, well, made the missing persons report, along with I think other people did it as well. But she certainly um, pushed it. And uh, again, even to this day, that well, just very recently, apparently Shelley seems to have resurfaced. But um, I'm not she sure did? that there's actually been any video or absolute confirmation about that at this point. Mm. Uh, there has been sightings and um, alleged. Alleged, and David uh, Miscavige is actually on the run, and I, I think they may have just recently found him. I'm not 100% sure about that. Does anyone know about the current situation with him? I... Because there is a summons out for his arrest, even though he is 
supposedly beyond summonses and subpoenas, but not so much now. Right. I I don't know about that. I, I did hear that he was on the run. And the other thing that I wanted to follow up with that was, um, and Stella had sort of mentioned this, but in November of this past year, Leah posted a Twitter thread kind of updating the situation. Not that necessarily there was a resolution to what was happening with Shelly, but that there were significant ties that she has recently discovered between LAPD and the Church of Scientology, which would mean that how trustworthy is their well check on Shelly that they basically were like, yep, she, we saw her, she's fine. And we're leaving it at that. So she recently exposed that as of November of this past year. Yeah. And, and that, um, basically the, the church owned the LAPD. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. They've been compromised. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> And there, you know, some of the, um, the LAPD members were like speaking at Scientology events and there appeared to have been some generous donations made to LAPD from Scientology, which would obviously, they don't want to bite the hand that feeds them. So I, you know, there's a lot of that. And then there's a lot of other allegations against David Miscavige as being a highly, highly, highly abuse, abusive person. And these are people that have dedicated their entire entire lives to him to Scientology and it my understanding from their account is that it took almost nothing to get on his bad side and if you were they essentially they were torturing people I mean they were abusing them severely putting them in hot trailers like cramming them in there as adults encouraging people to rat on each other encouraging people to hit each other um it it's very sounds like our government doesn't it it does this is a classic abusive relationship with a classic controlling abuser at the helm. I mean, it, yeah. it is just on a mass scale. There is so many reports of abuse, uh, physical, obviously psychological. Um, yeah, as you say, it's, it's almost impossible to escape. These people are like prisoners, literally. Um, they're um, hardly, hardly paid for their, for their work. Yeah, it's, it's classic cult technique, isn't it? It's one of the ways you you control people, that sort of view. Hubbard was similar, actually. I think his wife, one of his wives, came up with a lot of uh, accusations against him. He was a very abusive person, controlling, as you might expect. Um, He used uh, to be Parsons' uh, neighbour, apparently. He he took up with Parsons' second wife. Yep. He did, yeah. uh, And and then they... They supposedly they conjured up some uh, woman. I can't remember some something to do with the Thelema religion that uh, uh, belief. Yeah, and she she arrived, and <laughs> it was all very yeah. weird. Uh, very. Uh, as I say, I highly recommend you read the Wikipedia article on Elron Hubbard. Yeah, uh, I thought we'd um, might be interesting if we went down a few of looking up famous uh, Scientologists, some of which we'll know. I'm going to leave the best till last. Tom Cruise, obviously, we all know about him. Uh, John Travolta, Billy Sheehan, the musician. Um, uh, Who? Who's that? Sorry, Billy Sheehan. Basis, Billy Sheehan. Yeah, he's basis for. Um, who's your basis for? Kill. Help me out here. The he's name sounds name. familiar, but I can't. Yeah, I can't remember. Call. I'll look him up. In a minute. Vivian Kubrick, uh, daughter of Stanley. Uh-huh. Um, yes, yeah, indeed. Um, and then uh, what they claim to be former members: Katie Holmes, obviously. Um, Tom but Cruise's. that was because of Tom Cruise, not because she really chose to. Same with Maybe, Nicole yeah, Kidman. Uh, 
uh, Lisa Marie and Priscilla Presley. Mm. Uh, and uh, I'm saving the best to last. Where was it here? Charles Manson. Charles Manson. Oh, wow. And Jerry Seinfeld actually dabbled in uh, the Church of Scientology for a little bit. Well, let's talk about Charles Manson, because I had I had never heard that before until now. Chris so. Ellie as well. Yeah, I knew Chris Ellie was. What At what point does Charles Manson enter Scientology? It says he here everything. that... He identified as a Scientologist during his time in prison. He ordered Manson family member Bruce Davis to journey to the United Kingdom and work for the Scientology organization in London. So it's probably the person who, who grabbed me off the street. <laughs> <laughs> so he completed he joined... 150 hours of auditing while researching his own religious practices, what, which borrowed heavily from Scientology. So he was maybe trying to launch his own offshoot. Okay. So he, he joined, well, and he was in prison after he was already... Yes. locked up okay yes. i thought maybe he had been a part of it and then when he started his cult down at the uh whatever that ranch was and had some kind of connection to all that but i don't doesn't sound like that's the case the charles manson thing is a very interesting story in itself we all do an episode on it sometime. we have to do an episode on charlie definitely. i think it was probably some sort of drug deal that was uh, there was some sort of drugs involvement uh, involving high level people. I don't think it was as simple as the fact that he was a nutter that was just killing people. I think there was a much deeper involvement of maybe the deep state involved in that. Yeah, and MK Ultra to the max. Um, yep. I just MK wanted Ultra, to definitely. just wanted to recommend um, a channel that I came across. If people are interested in looking further into exposés of Scientology, as a, a, a young man, um, Aaron Smith Levin. Uh, who was it well, was ex seal um, in there for many years and uh, he's exposing everything about it and, and the general consensus seems to be that Scientology was made out to be a much bigger organization than it really was um, it was supposedly had worldwide you know millions and millions of members five or six million or something um, but really the way this guy actually broke it down and, you know, with inside knowledge of uh, numbers of different things, um, he said, look, it'd be lucky. I, I think Leah Remini actually mentioned she put a figure of, a, of about 10,000 members globally, which was about five or six years ago. This guy's done a breakdown as well. Who's He said, look, generously at the most, he would say that the global membership would be around about 35,000 at the most. Um, they have billions of dollars in assets not much in cash flow uh but yeah it's just been made out to be much bigger than it really is so yeah, another deception oh, gee. <laughs> go figure yes yeah. um one one really quick thing i wanted to add i did check up on leah's twitter to see if there was any update on the shelly miscavige and she said this as of january 18th this Ooh. year Today is Shelly Miscavige's 62nd birthday. The last time Shelly was seen in public, she was 43. I hope wow. I can wish Shelly a happy birthday in person one day. Until then, I will keep fighting for my friend's freedom, no matter what Scientology tries to do to me. Where is Shelly? And then on 123, she posted again, where is Shelly? On 126, she posted again, where is Shelly? So that is still an ongoing. And I did want to chime in on the account that Stella shared, I, she shared a couple of videos with me in specific regard in this case to Lisa Marie 
her history of Scientology and what's happening with her estate at this time. And they're very well done videos, pretty, pretty quick to break down these tidbits, but it's a good channel. Oh, so is the church of Scientology trying to basically take her estate? No, there's a little bit of controversy right now with what is going on with her estate. Essentially, she was listed as the the inheritor of Elvis's estate. Yeah. And then in, I believe it was 2016, the trustee was changed from Priscilla to uh, her, to, um, Lisa Marie's oldest daughter and Priscilla is now contesting that. But according to this video, this guy, uh, what was his name again, Stella? Aaron Smith? Aaron Smith Levin. Aaron Smith hyphen Levin. Okay. So he was saying he had an attorney on who deals in trust. And this attorney was saying it is not necessarily that Priscilla is battling for the assets of the estate, but that she is contesting that she was removed as the trustee um, because there are some discrepancies in like her name was misspelled. It's not notarized, things like that. So that's a little up in the air, but I don't know if that means that she's trying to take it all for herself or if there's a battle with her. And but I guess it doesn't matter now because she's passed away. No, it was, this is between Priscilla, Priscilla. Presley, not Lisa. It's Lisa's Priscilla oh. and, and Lisa's daughter over Lisa's estate because she was oh. the one who had all of Elvis's, you know, oh, all wow. his resources and, and Graceland and all that. So they were, had twins, didn't she? They were breaking that down. Twins. The twins, yes, they're 14 years old. So they were not in play at that time. And then the other factor going on with Lisa Marie apparently there were issues because that's one of the big tools that Scientology uses is breaking up families. If you're, if yep. you are designated a suppressive person, then your family is supposed to disconnect from you. So apparently there was a lot of resentment according to this video on, on Lisa Marie's part, because essentially these people will go into Scientology and they turn their child over to Scientology. And that is apparently what Lisa Marie felt like was done to her by Priscilla. And then there was the issue that Lisa Marie apparently really disliked um, David Miscavige and oh, yeah, was working on getting out of Scientology. And then her daughter though, the oldest daughter who's 33 at the moment and Priscilla were still in Scientology. And so, but they kind of maybe left, but they kind of went back. So it, it's a lot. They destroy families. There's a, there's a website. There's an organization called the aftermathfoundation.org. Um, they've been set up to actually assist Scientologists who, Scientologists who wish to leave or have left because mm. they are, especially if they're born into it, they don't have any concept of society um these scientologist establishments they buy the most incredible buildings this is where they they sink all their money into so they have assets but no liquid sort of cash um, so they buy these most incredible properties and um they always black out the windows so mm. people can't see in and also people can't see out that's the whole point it's a whole internal world well the same with their um vehicles and their buses all blacked out windows you're not allowed to see out there there's no world out there just our world um so yes it's, it's incredibly oppressive and like why would people think like it's not that's okay like how is that they i just don't know any different 
the ones yeah. that are born into it. And and they, they've churned out into the world with no credentials or papers or credit history or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, this Aftermath Foundation was set up to look after these people, which is pretty cool. A couple of questions for everyone, mm-hmm. like your, all your thoughts on. Um, do we know why uh, it was recognised as a as a religion? Um, I remember in COVID, obviously, wanted it to be a religion because you know. For well, they set it up that way. Um, they initially set it up it has that to way. Recognised by the US government as such, does it? In order to get its tax advantages. Yeah, that's where the IRS removed their access for that, and then that's when they went back and fought against the IRS for a few years and doing all their harassing tactics and stuff like that. And then wore the guy down and then they were like, fine, here's your 501 C three status. Yes. Yes. That links to my other question. Do we think that Scientology has some influence at high political levels, you know, like the Masons, for example, might have. So do we think it's really connected? Yeah, probably. I wouldn't be surprised, Terry, from, the you know i feel like it's very strange isn't it that you have these um you know the occult association between l ron hubbard uh jack parsons alistair crowley he creates the religion then you have you know people like charles manson the cia connection the mk ultra connection I don't know. It sounds very weird to me. And they're a super powerful organization. Like how is somebody going to be missing for 20 years now? And you, and nothing has happened to them in regards to that. I mean, it's, I, 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 I don't think that, uh, I don't think that people in power would be under the influence in the sense of believing in the religion and being a practicing Scientologist. I, I think there, you know, there, there's obviously some like the celebrities, particularly, but I think this is more like money talks, really. The, the money, yeah. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't think anyone in their right mind could possibly, possibly think that this is real. I mean, Elron Hubbard, he's a complete psycho. If you read some of his rantings, uh, there's a, there a video I, I came across called Elron um, Hubbard's affirmations and something or other, and. Uh, this guy was just reading out all these things that L. Ron Hubbard had written basically sort of about himself. So it was like things that he wanted to improve about himself or didn't like about himself or what have you. It was just, it's just psychobabble, absolute psychobabble. If, if any Scientologist could read that stuff, they would just immediately come out of their spell <laughs> instantly. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I've got a couple of things to say about I'm looking down this list of Scientologists, of, you know, they're all writers and actors and musicians a couple of businessmen mm. no politicians so there's no politician who's out now proclaim themselves to be in Scientologists as far as i can see ever and uh the other thing to back up what you were saying Stella, and you ashley the cia love this sort of thing they're all over cults we know <laughs> that from the jamestown thing with that crazy cult you know that was that was basically a cia or so they know the power of cults. I'm sure they're they're very much involved in Scientology because they you know they see that as a way of controlling people and getting to their they own. They probably look to them for their tactics, or they even trained them on some stuff. Yep, and laund- laundering more money as well. A hundred percent Scientology. Probably take notes and update their own strategies and stuff like yeah. that. But each yeah. Cult, yeah. cult that they that they uh, you know they probably plant the seed and let it grow, and then they say, oh. They came up with some new ideas. Oh, great! And then they then they cut it all down, and then make it well, new. Well, yeah, 
and if you want to really um, hunt into the CIA, we're going to, we're going to end up back in the occult anyway. Yep. And the other thing yeah. that I wanted to say is that in this day and time, and as even back in the fifties at that time, you do not get where they were without having the okay from the U S government. I can tell you that right now, these drug cartels in Mexico, people are like, Oh, why don't they kill the drug cartels? Because they (laughs) are the cartels. So that is why with Scientology, you don't get to where you get without having the okay from somebody, some people somewhere, because look what they did to Waco. It's just like, yeah. Yeah, it's just like the new world order now. Instead of them all being all separate and fighting with each other and being in competition, it's like, oh, hang on, guys. We'd be much more powerful if we joined together. So it's the same kind of principle. Yes. Power now, numbers. Um, the other thing that I was uh, wanting to have Stella, Jackie, anyone else discuss is some of the prominent people breaking away. So first of all, if somebody wants to talk about Leah Remini, I know we have her story, but then what did she do after that? And sort of her escaping experience, if you watched her show, her A&E show, that kind of thing. Then we also have some other very prominent people that I've spoken out, like specifically really close to David Miscavige, which is uh, his father. And then you have some other very high level Scientology people, Mike Render, that was on the show with Lisa Remini and sort of what happened to them? What do they do to people when you try to leave? Yeah, well, as you said, uh, you mentioned David Miscavige's father. He he is out and he's done an expose on his own son because he he was in Scientology himself. He was, uh, I think, he was born into it too. Either way, um, yeah, he could see when his son was brought into it. His son was very young when he had his experience. And uh, he could see this change almost immediately because when Hubbard died, David Miscavige just basically assumed leadership. Um, I don't think he was ever assigned or anything. He just mm-hmm. came up, sprung up and went, oh, I'm taking over. He was working and, the uh, angle when L. Ron Hubbard was young. I think that David Miscavige was really working that. But the wild thing about eyes it, on it. Yeah. he was 21 years old wow. when he was doing this stuff. It's wild. He was a baby psychopath. Yes. Yeah, so his dad came out and uh, did all sorts of interviews, you know, the 60 Minutes and all that sort of thing. Um, uh, And as soon as his father left, actually, Leah Rimini was like straight in there. She just knew straight away, that's huge. His father has just left. So Mm -hmm. she was straight there, um, like, whatever you need, I'm going to help you. And so they they joined forces. Um, She supported him. Leah has put in a lot of money uh, to try to find out what, what happened to Shelley and try mm-hmm. to get some kind of um, investigation going on, which is just you know, brick wall after brick wall there. We all know why. Yeah. So when did uh, David Miscavige's father leave? When did that happen? Was that recent or did, was that? I got it here in this list of uh, members, 2012, apparently. Okay. Yeah. So when did, when did the, uh, did Leah Remini do her show? That was, pretty recent or is that at that time and i just didn't watch it till recently it's been in the last decade for sure the other thing that it's, i wanted to say within terry, the last five years with terry is finding so, that is that yeah. 
so there are uh, two good interviews that both uh, David Ron Miscavige, which is David's dad, and Leah Remini do on the Joe Rogan podcast as well. So those are a good place to start. And then her A and E show is really good. Yeah, yeah I listened list to the Joe members. Rogan show yesterday with her. It's a couple of hours long, but it's it's a really really good listen. Yeah, sorry, I was just going to say in this list of members, it said she left in two thousand thirteen. And wrote her autobiography in 2015. Mm. Uh, it's quite interesting. This Wikipedia page has got quite a, good, a long list of whistleblowers, and it not only includes um, uh, what uh, Miskovich's father, but also his niece called Jenna Miskovich Hill, yes. who was another whistleblower. She left in 2005. Her book was well, a good Leah, one too. Leah was very lucky, she was saying, because uh, she, she said she was one of the lucky ones because she got to leave with her mother, uh, her sister, her brother-in-law, I believe. Uh, her husband was also a converted Scientologist, mm-hmm. but I don't know whether he was, like, fully into it. But, yeah, so she was saying she's one of the lucky ones. She got to leave with the whole – and, like, her mother was really, really high up, as Leah was as well. But her mother was, like, fully right up there. Mm. um yeah it was very interesting to to hear her um because when they get to a certain point they're actually allowed to then have the secrets of scientology when they reach a certain ot i don't know three i think it was a mm-hmm. uh, certain level so then they're privileged and they've basically proven themselves and they spent like millions of dollars to get to that point and uh, then they're handed the secrets of the universe. And, and Leah was <laughs> describing it like this is where most people have the like, awakening and, oh, I know the secrets now. And she was just there going, uh, what else you got? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, like what else yeah, is there she, here? She wasn't buying it. <laughs> Who was the, the chick that had to escape? It was a story from, from, her, from Leah's show. But there was a girl who escaped from the main compound in the trunk of a car or something like that. She, there's a lot of a, stories like that i don't know but a lot of people a lot. have to I, get I didn't out know if that was one of the the people you were talking about uh the niece or whoever oh jenna miscavige yeah maybe I, I don't know but i don't i don't remember exactly how she ended up getting out i think that david miscavige's brother was jenna's father and his wife i think that they had already gotten out and jenna and her brother were actually hanging in there and then finally she joined them because david miscavige basically turns on anyone that gets you know that's in his inner circle that i guess could potentially pose a threat to his authority the other thing that i wanted to mention was some of the tactics that they use against people that leave. So the first and foremost, they start with the family unit. So if they declare you and you're considered a suppressive person, then they tell your family that's still in Scientology, that they're not allowed to talk to you. And the way that they are able to enforce that is with the auditing process. So it's the blackmail and they, these people are are apparently in, in such a state that they are not mentally strong enough to withstand that, to lie that they're still communicating with their family and they still believe in the cause in a lot of ways, I suppose. So that's the one thing that they do. As Sella said earlier, the other thing that they do is basically keep you completely impoverished. So if you were to leave and you have nobody and you have no, you know, it's an alien world out there. So you have no resources, no contacts, no clothes, no car, no driver's license, nothing. So that's the second way. Then the other way is that they will create websites 
that will use things that you may have said during your audits against you. They will hold up signs outside of your home for your neighbors to see and call you terrible things. They will hire private investigators to harass you, to follow you, to photograph you and your family, to take away and go through your trash and anything basically that they can do to try to destroy your life, they will do it. Sella? They go to a lot of trouble. Yes, they certainly go to a lot of trouble. I can't quite remember what I was going to say. Next. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, yeah, no, about, you're right. Uh, just like we've said a million times, but, you know, just like the government, you don't, not, nobody needs to know all of your personal information. Mm-hmm. You know, don't trust any organization with all of your information. It's just, once you let it go out there, then it's out there and you can't you can never get it, it back. Well. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was going to mention um, Australia. Oh, sorry, Terry, did you want to say something? Uh, well, no, you, you carry on. I'll come in after you. All right. Well, it's going to sort of change a little bit there. I was just going to talk about Scientology entering Australia there. Um, right. So that, that happened. Pardon? Yeah, sorry, Karen. Uh, that happened in 1983. Um, on October 27th, 1983, there was a landmark legal decision um, in the High Court that the Church of the New Faith versus Commissioner of Payroll Tax was called. Uh, it set the standard for what constitutes a definition of religion and religious charities for both Australia and New Zealand and the Commonwealth of Nations. That's how powerful these people are. So thereby, they are relieving the institution of the burden of tax. The, the High Court adopted the definition of religion as follows. Belief in a supernatural being, thing or principle and acceptance and observance of canons of conduct in order to give effect to that belief. So it's really that simple. I do remember there was quite a few different churches suddenly springing up after that. <laughs> the church of the empty glass, you know, the church, whatever. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah, so very, very powerful people. Um, and they set up a, a massive complex in Melbourne first. And I remember a few years ago, there was a big hoo-ha about them setting up a large one in Lane Cove, I think it was, in the Sydney area. Uh, but apparently, yeah, very much in decline worldwide now. The, the huge centre, the celebrity centre in Munich, Germany, has just closed down. I think uh, it's not going it, it, to, its days are definitely numbered, especially since the internet came along and information is a lot more readily available now. All their crap's being exposed. Yeah, they they built that uh, big center up the street from Jackie. Uh, mm-hmm. That was like that's been there for what ten years now or something like that. A little bit no, longer. I don't think it's been that long. Maybe sure? six. But okay. when they first opened up, they sent out a ton of uh, news like newsletters and cards to get people to come in and do a free auditing. And then they had some po- like young you were, guy. You were first in line, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. And then I was like standing outside with, um, no, there was this guy. Sorry, you get through me off. Uh, there was this guy standing outside with a sign up, like coming in to get a free auditing and stuff. And, um, uh, we were like, and it was like in the mid of summer, like golly, and he's in a full suit. I was like, geez, it was for several days trying to get people to come in. And then, uh, one time we were going by with my trainer and I were working out and all of a sudden they hear, and then we turn around and there was this guy driving up and over a bag of cans. So like he got, must've gotten a whole bunch of like, you know, ex- 
cans for recycling and stuff like that. Um, and then the other one is on the next door app. I had put some stuff up about Scientology and just trying to like expose them and stuff like that. And next door app kept taking it down. The auditing person on there kept taking it down. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you oh, you weren't taking him for the smart suit. I was like, this is a cult and this is in our neighborhood and nobody wants to go in for your auditing. <laughs> they were taking it. Everybody has the right to free religion. I was like, <laughs> okay. Hey, babe, want to see my e-meter? <laughs> <laughs> what um, were you going to say, uh, Ter? Yeah. Uh, the thing I was going to say, uh, I'm going to post this list of famous Scientologists in the show notes because it's really fascinating. Um, to go back to what Stella was saying, uh, one of the former members was this guy, Ian Tampion, who was an Aussie rules footballer, who actually fought the legal proceedings in Australia to have Scientology recognised as a church. So that's quite interesting. Uh, but um, the other thing that caught my eye is I look up and down this list and there does seem to be quite a few premature or mysterious deaths of former members. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, uh, that kind of, I found that they kind of interesting. They also know the Clintons? Yeah. <laughs> well, there was, the Clintons uh, aren't the only ones that murder for hire. <laughs> Or for There's a parliament member here, um, his name's Nick Xenophon, X-E-N-O-P-H-O-N. Uh, he, he seemed like one of the good guys, you know, I mean, you know, some of the listeners might know my uh, attitude about <laughs> all of them. Um, uh, November 2009, Nick Xenophon um, tried to bring up in parliament um, that he was trying to expose Scientology as not really being a religion, um, that there was a lot of allegations around about uh, crime, about abuse, uh, particularly child abuse. Uh, so he was, he was trying to bring it up in Parliament and um, he had letters from former members of Scientologists that they'd written to him with claims. He had plenty of evidence, um, called for the Senate inquiry, but uh, nah, never happened or went very hush-hush. Thanks, Nick. See ya. So yeah, they do seem to have a lot of clout to shut down investigations, don't they? So there's they something sure going do. on there. They finally are going after David Miscavige. Apparently he's on the run right now. So I know we mentioned that earlier. So hopefully they do catch him and they're able to. But I feel like just as like they got rid of the one psychopath, Ron Hubbard, when he passed away and was running for his um, life, that... It'll probably just fill the space with someone else, another psychopath, most likely. I think it'll be sort of a bit, a bit like a Ghislaine Maxwell situation there. What are they yeah, going after David Miscavige for? Abuse. Oh, sexual, like uh, against kids and stuff like that. Violence, assault. Yeah. Kidnapping. He's still the head, is he? He's still the head? Yes. Mm hmm. Yeah, was... but um, like the church is sort of trying to say, look, David, you know, like if you go down, the whole church goes down, but he's too much of an egomaniac to step aside and let someone else take the reins. So basically the whole church is going to go. But, Hopefully. I mean, it's days were numbered anyway. How, yeah. how long can you live on a lie like that? I mean, it's, a lie is a lie, but when it's that outrageously ridiculous, I'm surprised it's gone on this long. I mean, I had a friend of mine who, she she rang me one day and she moved over to the other side of Australia, so we weren't directly together anymore. But 
she rang me and said, oh, I've, I've found this place, you know, it's this amazing meeting. She was trying to find herself. She just found this new, gone to this new place, didn't know anybody. So she was very vulnerable. And uh, she ended up in these meetings and she was telling me about them. And then over, you know, two or three weeks, whatever. And she started, then she started saying, I'm feeling really uncomfortable about this. It, what they do is they get up and they'll, they'll just yell in your face. And it's mm. just, and she started going, it's just, it's quite abusive. And, and I said, what's it called for you? And she says, no. Dianetics. <laughs> I said, darling, you've got to get out of that. Just please get out of that. And we actually, our friendship ended over it because she just wouldn't listen. She thought I was just trying to, yeah, and didn't hear from her. <laughs> so, so she I stayed in it? I, I don't know. She's literally telling you that she's feeling uncomfortable in this situation. You're telling yeah. her she's got to get out of it because yeah. you care about her as a friend. And then she's like, oh, no, you're lying. Mm-hmm. That's just like the vaccine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my friends yeah. over there too. Mass brainwash, mass psychosis. Yeah, but they, they have a, a talent of picking out vulnerable people. Sorry, kids. Yeah, no. I, there's a there was a different documentary I saw last year, year before. I think it was on Netflix, but it was about a uh, a Mormon church out in Utah that had uh, purchased a town basically, and they kind of built up their congregation there. But it was it was pretty it was pretty cultish. And then they because they had uh, there was an old guy and he had something like 40 wives as young as, you know, 12 and stuff and and on up. And then Warren Jeffs. Yeah, that sounds familiar. What did you say? Warren Jeffs. Yeah, that could be it. And then that was like his son or something. And and then they, they had a compound down in Texas that got raided. Yeah. So they were, it, that part, that really interests me. They're considered Mormon fundamentalists if we're talking about the same people. Yeah, I think we are. And the, the interesting thing is that they actually kept to, if what the official story is to be believed, which is they separated from the Mormon church that we know because they still subscribe to... Um, cannot think of the founder joe joseph oh joe smith joseph smith or yes the founder of mormonism so he and then the person that uh his predecessor brigham young brigham Mm -hmm. they subscribed to polygamy and so that was the split between the fundamentalist and the modern day mormon church was over the polygamy debate so Mm -hmm. these people that were considered themselves the fundamentalist were the ones that were still practicing polygamy yeah and of course it got dicey whenever you had the the child marriage situation um coming into that yeah and it reminds me of that situation because that leader guy uh was wanted by the police but he was zipping around and you know not in not being in public not at the addresses he was supposed to be at but he was still controlling things then he eventually got caught and he had wait a minute he got caught and wasn't it he had uh like all this modern stuff on him like he or my i'm maybe conflating stories here but um he was doing stuff that that people who are supposed to be devout followers of this sect of mormonism were not supposed to be doing and yeah, they don't got, walk the walk 
Yeah. And so he sounds like got, our government. Right. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> then he got he got arrested and he was in jail for I don't know what happened to him after that. But he was still running things. He was still making phone calls and talking to people at the glass, you know, when they. Mm-hmm. sort of thing Hugh, um your story reminded me of something i saw about elron hubbard in the, his wikipedia page is another weird uh event in um, the life of scientology that he they also tried to take over a town um oh right Project clearwater oh, yeah no. that's right they tried to take over clearwater florida that's right infiltrating yeah. the government offices and media centers and the mayor at the time gabby calzares uh, termed it an occupation of Clearwater and characterized it as a paramilitary operation by a terrorist group. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yes, and uh, <laughs> Shelley Miscavige is actually yeah, suspected. There. Mm-hmm. Yes, Shelley is um, suspected of being held in their Twin Peaks, California property. Yes, because mm-hmm. they have these other secretive <laughs> property compounds. So they have like a major um, underground I guess, LA, business. Hollywood. Yeah center then they have a huge um occupation of clearwater but then they also have these other secretive compounds where they have a ton of surveillance they're kind of off the radar and i i guess the average person doesn't know where they are like the normal scientology centers yeah when the when the uh, missing persons report well particularly well reports but uh leah's was filed um the police questioned the cult the cult members and uh they said no 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 that that missing person's report is completely unfounded so that was all it took for the police to go okay and they never searched for it they never went to the twin peaks property there's 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 bunkers and secret vaults on that property it's fairly well known uh never searched they they probably are gonna have to have more than just somebody saying they haven't seen this guy's wife in a long time to actually it doesn't go seem to take them much usually you know to what, smash down somebody's door and you know <laughs> kill but, their dog um, well there has been reports yeah there's been reports of um shelly actually going into the local hardware shop uh very very recently um she's been in there a number of times and the last time she was seen in there apparently it is alleged that she was asking for help hmm. mm. interesting and no one probably gave it to her I imagine not. Well, I guess everybody's under the thumb. I mean, just imagine that yeah. a, a small town under a place like that. Yeah. yeah. I don't think anyone would want to stick their neck on the chopping block. Yeah, Police because they'll so. be stalked next. But exactly. at some point, someone's going to have to help this lady, you know? Yeah. So well, um, yeah. before we go, I did want to say that there, if you happen to be interested in pursuing this further, I just kind of wanted to go over what people can watch or look at or read to get more information. And then if y'all want to add to that. So the first thing, there is a book and a documentary called Going Clear, which is the ultimate goal of the religion. So this person does a very in-depth analysis of it's soup to nuts. It's the the foundation. It's a little covering L. Ron Hubbard, the family stuff, the takeover of Miscavige and the abuses all the way in between, Sea Org, all of that good stuff. Then you have Leah Remini's A&E show where it's uh, at least three seasons of documenting people's stories, her own story as well. Her Twitter account has a lot of information. That's where she was posting some information about the LAPD and the Where Shelly campaign that she's on. 
you have the Joe Rogan interview with Ron Miscavige and Leah Remini. You have Jenna Miscavige's book that she wrote. And then you have the podcast video uh, cast, whatever that Stella had found and brought up growing up in Scientology. And then from there, if you're interested, there's a ton more information on this subject. You said you, Ron Miscavige. Yes. That's wow. David's dad. Uh, okay. 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 Yeah. All right. Very good. Good information. Everybody should check those things out. Um, we need to wrap it up here, but before we do, uh, you know, this is all pretty scary. Is there any kind of white pill? ending we can cap this with yeah don't get involved in a cult <laughs> Sorry. maybe maybe you know this the information about it is out there everywhere now so maybe the those types of institutions are winding down if they're trying to yeah. abuse you if they're yelling in your face if they're trying to separate yeah. you from your children if they are making you feel shitty about yourself on a daily basis right? Yeah. These are all ways that master manipulators are breaking you down, trying to tear you apart. So this way, like, oh, so we can build you up better. No, bump off because I'm amazing the way that I am. Yeah, we can all improve, but I, I shouldn't would, have to feel like a piece of crap over it. Yeah, I, I would add, like we always advise, think for yourself, you know, just because these people are telling you stuff, and don't necessarily believe it. And something else yeah, to would, consider, we, we've uh, mentioned a lot of parallels between Scientology's methods and our governments around the world use these types of methods too. So don't just think that you can get caught in a cult yeah. by somebody walking around in the mall. You know, look look higher and see the the people that are you know lording their guns and things over you and pretending to protect you in the world. So think well, about that next time you go to the voting booth if that to, to me i've always said the covid stuff has got every aspect of a cult to me mm. yeah so stella Cultish you have behavior. a comment yeah i would say definitely um terry this is definitely a ritual this whole covid thing 100 that's another yeah. episode but i just wanted to say um yeah look everyone especially in these days you need to sharpen your discernment you need to learn right. how to discern and sharpen it and you need to do if you if you doesn't even matter if it's religious or whatever if you're getting involved in any kind of organization or whatever do your research dig into their history find out about the people that are running it and for, for goodness sake please don't sign anything <laughs> yeah well, and so do some pray. research on how people get actually groomed and then that can help protect you Yes. And the other, the other thing that I wanted to circle back to was what Stella said in the white pill regard, because she believes that the house of cards for this organization is crumbling. That's a huge white pill and people are coming out. Now I've wondered about the authenticity of Leah Remini and getting a whole show and, and all of that stuff. But I'll tell you that I think she has done a lot of good and she has, yes. It she seems authentic to me, and she seems like she's going after this like an absolute pit bull. I'll and tell you what, if I was in Shelley's situation, I would would want someone like Leah Remini. Yes, yeah. yeah so, so that's good. And these people are coming out, and they are exposing the abuses of Scientology. And it does seem like their membership is drying up. Now, um, I think that's a white pill. Great. All right, Thank everybody. You. Well, uh, Ashley, how can people get a hold of? The Union of the Unknowns. 
I'm glad you asked. They can go to our website at unionunknowns.com. And one quick thing that we have is really exciting news. We are now on Rockfin. So please check us out on Rockfin. If you have any questions, feel free to email us, Twitter us, anything like that. We'd be happy to touch base with you about that, the site and how that's going to work. But um, and that, you can that's s- it so far. Sign up to our Rockfin. If you're not already a member of Rockfin, you'll sign up. We'll have a link inside of the show notes. And it's also at the union of unknowns.com. Just go right to it and you sign up through our link. And that really helps us grow as well. And we say thank you. Yeah, right. definitely. Thanks to everyone who listens to us. It really means a lot. We really appreciate that. We appreciate your interaction um, on Twitter. Shout out to UK JJ. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so shout much. out to Sarah in Ireland. Yes. Yes. Thank you, everybody. Uh, thank you to listeners. Thank you, Jackie and Stella and Ashley and Terry and Leah and everybody else who's out there talking about this stuff. Um, we'll see you later. Union of the Unknowns, we are out. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Union of the Unknowns. You can find new episodes every week on all your favorite podcasting networks. 